Hey, welcome to Get On and Shine with me, Holly Honeychurch. Hope you're having a wonderful day. I've been trying to make this podcast for a while now. It's taken a bit of effort because it's quite complex in my mind and it's going to take a bit of thought to remember because I've forgotten over the last 20 years. I've chosen to forget and time does heal. I read recently an article about uh, a young woman who has been imprisoned for killing her husband and she was in an abusive relationship with him and it led ultimately to her killing him and whereas this, you know, it's got to be a punishable offence the fact that she got tried for murder and is in prison for nearly her whole life, it just got me to thinking how many people are in relationships that are bullying, violent, abusive, without hope or care for the future, are completely desperate. And I'm bringing in my own personal experience here because when I was 17 and I just finished my A-levels, I met a young man the same age as me and over the course of the summer, I lost all my friends. We left school, they all lived far away and all I had was him and it fell into the category of an abusive relationship. It's not just women that get abused, it's men too. And I just wanted to reflect and think about what is abuse because it concerns me that there are a lot of relationships out there which aren't balanced. I feel extremely grateful that I'm in a balanced relationship now with lots of fun and laughter and giggles and honesty and truth. I can talk to my partner Simon about things which are concerning to me. Um, Just anything, any little thing. I can say anything to him and he will listen and he can say anything to me and I will listen. And it's the basis of a beautiful relationship to be able to be honest to each other. So when I was 17 and I met this boy, 
I was a very unconfident person. I didn't have much value of myself. And really, all I wanted to do was get a boyfriend and be intimate. And because all my friends, they were meeting boys and it was like a thing. It was a thing to want to be in a relationship with someone. Um, So over the summer, I got closer to him. From the word go, my mum was sceptical and this immediately made me annoyed. Well, I mean, she wasn't a right, really. She knew what kind of a person he was, but I just saw her as interfering and there was one moment that she said, you know, he's taking you away from me. And I just sort of rolled my eyes and thought that it was her wanting to hold on to me as a little girl, which was true too. But he would do things like, we went down to the beach one evening and it was getting on and mum was going to come and pick me up. And I knew that she was waiting for me to um, pick me up. And he said, well, I want you to carry on staying out. So let's wind your watch back so it looks like your watch was at the wrong time. And while I felt awkward about this, that it was kind of weird, I just let him take the power away from me and I just did it. So when I finally did meet my mum, she was annoyed with me. Um, He was always late. He was quite disrespectful. He used to do things which made me feel awkward. He smoked in my mum's bathroom when he knew he wasn't supposed to smoke in the house. And he just smoked with the window open one evening and we could all smell it. But we were too polite to really say much. He introduced me to drugs. He got me into smoking because at the time I definitely didn't want to smoke tobacco but I was kind of interested in honey rose which is hasn't got any nicotine in it or anything and he told me that that's what he he was giving me but in fact he was giving me normal tobacco just in a bag rather than in a cigarette he finally got a job after a long time and he started stealing from work started stealing mobile phone cards and getting the money back off of them like the top-ups he drove my mum's car when she was away I didn't even know about it I don't even know where I was but I um, came back from work maybe and he had taken it for a spin and I just had to cover his tracks because he'd left the the car seat in his height position he changed the radio station to a, a different more young person's type one and I just thought oh my god at any moment my mum's gonna find out if I hadn't have have covered the tracks and, and changed it all back again as much as I was just in awe but in a terrible awe of all these things that were going on 
I still carried on staying because I just wanted to be loved like we all do and even though it was terrible in so many ways occasionally I'd get a bit of attention and just that minuscule amount of being kind was enough to keep me there he was flirtatious I was very paranoid about like him looking at other people I mean you know I'm like 17 18 I have no idea what's going on with the world but I didn't have that person I didn't meet the person who made me feel really special I made do but I didn't realize at the time that I'd made do that somebody had paid me some interest and because of that I would wait for him to arrive half an hour late I would wait for him to finish talking to my friends because he didn't have a car at the time so I'd just wait while he finished talking to them and by an hour later I'd still be waiting in the car and I can't remember everything that happened but I just wanted to you know talk about it so that if anybody is in a situation where they are having power taken away from them or they're being disrespected then they can know that there is hope there is a way out we would sleep in car parks in in my car because he lived at home and I lived at home so we wanted to like hang out together but I would get quite tired so I would start falling asleep and he got really cross with me for doing things like that so he kept like pushing me awake poking me awake and I would like fall asleep again and then he would like make me jump and wake me up and it got to the point where he actually got out of his car got out of his side of the car and came round and opened the door and sort of pulled me out of the car because I'd fallen asleep and for a long time after I'd actually finally left him I found it incredibly difficult to sleep just to fall asleep especially around other people because I had that trauma from him and I could never understand it I'd always just be like hey what's the matter you know why I would try and talk to him about it but he just he was just angry and became a bit almost desperate and delusional but at the time I was just trying to pacify him because when you've been with somebody a while you just you forget what normal is and I was a sweet innocent soul who didn't realize at all what she'd got involved in I wanted to help him wanted to try and help him see but there was never any understanding in situations like that how could there be it was a crazy situation anyway and as much as I tried to show him my side of things it never worked out well for me it was like banging my head against a brick wall and it made me question if it was me if I was the problem but deep down I knew I wasn't and that's why it was so frustrating because I knew a deep goodness inside me 
um, was being tarnished by somebody who was in desperate need of help, really. And you just, I didn't want to be alone. I would rather have been with him who would be very unpredictable and, and strange with me and than on my own because it felt too scary. And it makes me think about what sort of state I was in to be too scared to be a whole person and be strong on my own and be and validate myself. We moved in together for like six months. My dad paid the rent. They didn't know what was going on, really. I covered it all up. I covered up the bullying. I co covered up him sort of pushing me up against the wall and holding me by my neck, like elbowing me into my neck. Um, I had bruises all over my arms, where on my wrists, where he would hold me really tight. He never hit me, but he would lean into me and hold me down. And as I talk about this and listen back to this, more things come out, more things are remembered. I remember him sitting on top of me, holding me down, pinning me down. And, you know, you want to fight. I wanted to fight back and I would try to fight back. But he was stronger than me. And the only way to get out of it was to yield and be really still and I remember tears rolling down my cheeks. He would often pin my arm behind my back until it was really painful. And he always said sorry afterwards to the point where he would sit on the edge of the bed like almost weeping about what he'd done. And that was a general pattern for him. At one point I remember sitting up against like a cupboard and just repeatedly like smacking my head into the door. And he was just saying, what are you doing? What are you doing? And geez, I must have been like completely delirious and so depressed by that point that I don't know, it's so dramatic. I've never been so dramatic, I don't think. And I was young and I had no clue, but I just needed help, I guess. Sometimes I fought back. Sometimes I, I remember once I was so angry that, that he was treating me like he was and I felt trapped by the situation that I remember going back to the house. I was walking to work, but you know, work back then when you're 19, it's it's not so serious. And I knew I could make up an excuse. So I went back to the house and I was just saying, how, how dare you? How dare you do this to me? But I knew it was a risk because I knew that he would fight back and he did fight back and I came out a bit worse. So it just felt like there was no hope, hope because I couldn't leave. I'd made sure in my mind that how could I leave this because I would be nothing. We went to Alton Towers once and I was just so excited for the day. We weren't really having that many giggles anymore. We had giggles at the beginning, but after a while, there was no fun anymore. It was just a bit of a drag, a bit of a pull. But we went to Alton Towers and I was really excited. 
and we went on this ride which was like a spinny ride and it basically made him feel quite queasy um, and that was at the beginning of the day and after that ride that was it he just he didn't want to be there anymore he wanted to go home so we were like four hours from home so we got to the car park and I just just trailed along after him I guess and he said he wanted a drive and it was my car I was insured on it and he wasn't insured on it and he grabbed tried to grab the keys from me um, and what ensued was him in the car park holding me down trying to get these keys off of me in a like quite insane state and I just wished in that moment that somebody would see somebody would come to my aid um, but nobody did and at the same time as feeling quite ashamed quite shameful I also didn't want him to get into trouble I felt really embarrassed at the whole situation I was embarrassed for him I was embarrassed that I was in it it felt like a bad dream a nightmare and I just wanted help but I didn't know how to get it. So it was this strange juxtaposition of being desperate for help, but not actually quite wanting it enough for somebody to come. But I, I really did want to be rescued. Lots of a mixture of emotions. Because an abusive relationship isn't just about a physical, though it often goes that way. It can be just about any sort of um, a lack of freedom like being told what to wear being told when what time to get back are they looking at your messages are they jealous so many different aspects to not having a balanced relationship and I implore any of you listening who who know someone in this situation or in it yourself that there is a way out and to get help you can get help my help came in the form of telling somebody at work they saw my bruises and they just said you know that's not right you know it's really not right and at the same time though when they were saying that to me I felt incredibly ashamed and embarrassed and that what am I doing why am I here I'm so sad, but, but I don't know how to get out of it. My parents still didn't know. They lived quite a long way from um, the city. They lived in the countryside, so it wasn't that easy to go back home. I basically made myself a victim because I didn't know any other way of living back then. I eventually found the courage to confront the whole situation. I was hanging out at home watching TV and he came back with his friend and basically said that, you know, get out of the lounge because I'm going to watch television with my friend now. So you can go and go into the bedroom and do what you want. And that just made me really mad. And I ended up leaving the house and going to the countryside to my mum's for two days and it was the best two days I'd had in a really really long time and we went shopping 
and mum bought me clothes and I just felt like a, a normal young woman again. I felt not frightened and all the while he was trying to get in contact with me, his mother was trying to get in contact with me and I just ignored everything. Eventually I went back to the house and my mum knew at this point what had been going on and she... I was going to have this... I was going to have it out with him. I was going to tell him that I was leaving. And his he got his mum involved. His mum was pleading for me to stay. And I said to her, look what he's done to me. You know, look at these bruises. And it was quite a sad situation because she herself had been abused by her husband and his father. So it was just this cycle repeating itself. And my parents were nearby but let me handle it, which it's kind of, it's always, I've always wondered, I'm, I think I wanted them to just come and rescue me and, and knock, you know, break the door down and, and tell him what for, because I was the only person that ever told him that he'd done wrong, nobody else got involved, my parents never had it out with him. And I always wondered whether I might have felt a bit more special if, if I'd have had a bit more support. So I left the house very soon afterwards um, and I went to live with my mum. But I was really sensitive to what was everything that was going on. I didn't have many friends. I felt extremely vulnerable and on edge and every single thing that happened to me was just quite extreme. I was very emotional and like sad really, so I didn't quite realise how vulnerable I was in fact. Then I met a friend and we hung out for a bit and then he said that he was going out for lunch with his flatmates and I, I just I really wanted to be invited and he didn't invite me and that was it. I was I felt really lost. I felt like I was all alone and I went straight back and and text because we'd just got mobile phones by that point. Text the one person who I thought knew me and right back into trouble again. And we ended up getting back together again and going on holiday and having a lot of trouble on holiday. Just again, blah, 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 the same thing. Me not feeling free. I desperately wanted to leave. I knew it wasn't right. I was staying at my mum's. I was lying to her again, going on holiday with him, seeing him. And, but at the same time, I was getting stronger. I was meeting a few different people through work. It made me have more of a social life. And having more of a social life meant that I could see that there were lovely people around, different people who I could spend time with rather than him. With this newfound strength brewing inside and me just getting a bit tired and bored of the situation, finally I felt stronger inside and I saw him one more time. We went into the city, I drove and met him, we walked around and just everything was wrong. 
I was just so different. I was, it was amazing. And I can't remember much, but what I do remember was the finale, which was me getting into my car, or at least trying to, when again he has had a thing of standing in front of the car, not letting me leave, trying to grab my keys. And it was this weird feeling of, he was kind of laughing about it. And so was I, because it's like, come on, just let me leave. Like, and it starts, it's like, oh, a bit of a game, he's not going to let me leave. But then it's like, no, seriously, let me leave now. And I did eventually get away. It was a bit of a struggle. And I remember driving off and just thinking, you've done it. Thank goodness for that. You are free of this psycho once and for all. I listened to a really amazing song, Rise by Gabrielle. It really gave me a strength, that song did. And he called me one more time after breaking up with him after two years. And he said, oh, hi. And I heard that voice and I just put the phone down immediately. I knew that I was over him. I didn't need, he didn't have any power over me then. And I wrote to him and I said, because he, he, he'd said, I, I don't believe it's you on the phone. He, he kind of was trying to hook me in. And I said, no, thanks. I'm happier now than what I've ever been. And I thank with all my heart, whatever gave me the strength to leave you, have a nice life. And that's what a 21 year old writes in a dramatic text to say no more. I really was such a, a sweet, innocent thing. I had always gone to a private girls' school and I didn't have any brothers living at home with me growing up. So I never really knew boys. I never hung out with them much past age 10. I didn't know how to behave around them and I didn't know what to expect from them. I remember a girlfriend of mine saying that when you grow up with five brothers, you realise that, you know, they're not these enigmas, they're just like guys. And, and I think I was putting men on pedestals back then. And yeah, some of them are incredible. And I'm hopefully a lot of them are. But I was really not with it and not clued up as far as understanding how to protect myself from men who wanted more from me and wanted to like ruin my soul basically. I never found out what happened to him. I did wonder for a while. Once it was really bizarre. I was in a club with my friends and I saw him in the club with his girlfriend. It was a bit of a shock because she looked exactly like me and she was even wearing the cuddly toy cat bag that I also used to wear clubbing with him. And I was in the, the ladies washroom and she came in and she stood next to me washing her hands. And I had like this real moment of, oh my God, what do I do? What do I say? Do I say anything? Back then, you know, again, no world experience, no experience of talking to many people. 
And I decided not to say anything because I thought in my head, if I'd have said something, she would have just had a go at me and told me not to diss her boyfriend or told me that I was being jealous or just wouldn't have believed me. So I didn't tell her. I didn't warn her. I didn't say anything. I think now I would say something and I would just say, hey, just to let you know, he really hurt me for two years and as sisters, we do need to look out for each other. So just beware and be cautious and look after yourself. That's what I would say to her now. And I hope that she was okay with it all. I feel ever so lucky to have gotten away from this man after two years. I'm just so glad that I found it in me to leave once and for all because things could have turned out really differently. I could have stayed. I could have just not had any power to leave. And I know that a lot of people feel like that in relationships. It is possible to leave. And I hope my story can can help because I don't I didn't want to end up like that girl. I feel very sorry for her that she's now in prison. I've included more about her story in the notes. But basically, lawyers and barristers are currently fighting her case because since coercive control became illegal, basically meaning nobody should be able to dominate, manipulate, make another person feel small or bullied, Since that's come in, which came in after her case was tried, new evidence has come to light to show that she was completely coercively controlled throughout her entire relationship. But she didn't want to say any of that in court because she was embarrassed, ashamed. I mean, it goes so, so deep. But now she might be able to be free because... She would be charged for manslaughter instead. She didn't know what she was doing. She was desperate. She needed help. But nobody saw the signs because she covered them all up. So I really do hope that she can come out and begin life again and and meet her kids. And I would like children to be taught about coercive control. It seems that that may be happening in schools Coercive control is very dangerous and and people need to be educated about it. People need need to be educated to recognise the signs of being manipulated and being held hostage in a relationship and having their power taken away. I hope that a lot of people can benefit from education such as this so the history doesn't repeat itself. She suffered a lot, that girl did. But she still loves him. She still says even now that she loves him. So relationships like this, abusive ones, are very complex. And I know it's difficult to get out of them. I want to pass on this knowledge because and these stories because there were some times in that two years where like things were happening at home I didn't get enough support. I, I I didn't have anywhere to turn apart from 
I thought I didn't have anywhere to turn apart from this relationship. So it's important to give support to people who might need it. I think I would have appreciated like even having like a number of someone to talk to, someone impartial like the Samaritans in England. I think just talking and not feeling like I was being blamed or judged or that that it was yeah it was all my fault and that I had options because when you feel so unconfident and so sad and like that you don't have the ability to leave then you're just giving your freedom away you're like a caged animal without any hope I left and I've had lots of lovely adventures since then for 10 years I travelled the world met loads of people hung out with boys lived in Australia went to uni quite a few times graduated quite a few times I it was it was it was epic I did then get slightly involved with somebody who was another bully for a couple of years but he was good as well he was a lot older than me he was a bit I think he had like some sort of psychosis or something which again made me question was it me what was going on you know could I behave differently started questioning myself um but he was also quite troubled and he was quite mean to his own children who were grown-up children so they gave me support it wasn't just me on my own it was other people knew about what was going on so somehow it made it a bit easier but it did take a long time to get out of that one as well and it was strange because he was lovely but he was also mean very unpredictable and I think that's what happens in relationships sometimes everything's fine and then your whole world is turned upside down and you're like what what just happened what does it mean we're living together how how do I deal with this but I don't know if anybody can relate to this but I try to make the best of things I don't like to give up I like try and heal and be compassionate and try and help and nurture and that's not always a good thing so eventually I realized that and got on out of there went back and lived with my folks again and then spent the next 10 years single (laughs) which brings us up to near the present day where well not the present day I've been with my lovely one for five years and five months so something amazing happened when I met Simon now I make sure I seek out happy vibrant lovely people who make me laugh I need to laugh in a relationship I need like a gentle person I love gentle folk I love people who give me respect and help me to shine and help me to be the best I can be remember your worth remember your value remember that life is about being positive and being happy 
and giggling together and hugging each other. It's not about being bullied. It's not about feeling diminished or small. It's not about keeping secrets or worrying about what that person is going to say to you. It's about remembering that you have power and you have a choice. You can leave. You can make your life better. Call on your friends. Talk to people. Find the joy again. There's so much joy in life and there are so many beautiful people to connect with that don't waste a moment of your time being with people who make you feel low or sad, who make you scared or threaten you or do anything to your being other than make you feel even more beautiful than you already are. So please go and find joy and freedom. Freedom's so important, it's so special and everybody should be free. I'm really grateful for the lessons I've learned along the way. I'm really grateful that I've spent time by myself being single for a long time because I needed to find myself. I needed to get to know myself and find out who I was as a person and how brave I was and just how much inner strength and beauty I really had. Find your friends, keep smiling. That's what it's all about. Being sweet children along this adventure we call life.